Picture this, an eight-year-old kid growing up in Georgia, having a hard time with the world that he was seeing. Coming home from school, scared to death and always wondering what kind of mood his dad would be in. That kind of home can do a number on you. Mom and dad broke up, and I guess I broke too. I grew up thinking nothing good could ever come from a story like mine. But who turns a broken dream into a life redeemed? Who can turn your worst defeat into your victory? Who saw me where I was and led me where I stand? My life is living proof that only Jesus can. Everybody's got that pain they wish they could undo. But wounds become scars, and scars become stories. And when it comes to the story of you, who turns a broken dream into a Welcome to Rise Up, episode 81. We made it. We made it to 81. We're almost to 100. I'm so very excited to be here with you guys. Look, I've got my armor of God on. I've got my you can't beat God on. I am praying uh, for the safety of our nation. I'm praying for the the war that we are in, this evil war that we are in, that God comforts us and is by our side the entire time. I know you guys are as well. Thank you very much. We've got a full room of people in here, almost a thousand people waiting and ready to hear the good news of the gospel today. Now, this is a historic day and this and your spiritual training that you have had up until now at church, in your communities, here on Rise Up, in your families, your Bible studies, all of it, all of it has prepared you for today the weeks to come, and the months to come. I truly believe that in the weeks and months to come, we're going to see things 
that nobody has ever seen in this country ever before. Not in modern lifetime. And what is that going to take? That's going to take this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. All of us need to shine our lights a little bit brighter. All of us need to do a little bit more. Spread the kingdom of God faster, more than we ever have at a faster pace than we ever have because things are going to get rough and there's only a few places you can turn to when things get as bad as I believe they're going to get. But the good thing about it is, is as bad as it gets here in the flesh, as bad as it gets here in this country, spiritually, not only do you have salvation and are you saved, but it'll be up to you to go and bring people out of the despair. It'll be up to you to go and people and bring people out of the muck, out of the mire, out of the dirt. It'll be up to you to reach down like Jesus reached down to Peter when he just felt when he when he couldn't walk on the water anymore. When he took his gaze and his and his and his attention off God, he started to drown and Jesus reached down and grabbed his hand and that is what we need to do right now. It is our time to do that. That's what you've been preparing for. And much like Jesus, you were not preparing to be a soldier swinging a sword with, you know, uh, or an actual breastplate on. But the, the spiritual battle, the armor of God, the spiritual armor that you're wearing and the, 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 the words that you're saying, the, the gospel that you're spreading, that is your sword. That is your weapon. And now you're here. It's time. It's time to call you off the bench, get you into the battle. And that's why I titled today, Spiritual Training Led You Here Today. Annette said, I saw all God's followers putting up their shields together in a circle. Layers of shields. That's right. We are in it together, LFA family. Yes, we are. We always have been. And now it's time to bring, bring those people that would not heed our word into the mix, reach out and help them because they're the ones that are going to be swept up first. Today, it starts today. It starts today. Do you remember reading about Jesus being crucified? Do you remember watching the movie, The Passion of the Christ? Do you remember on the movie, The Passion of the Christ, as Jesus was being tortured and Jesus was being nailed to that cross? The devil was walking back and forth, pacing behind the scenes, watching, hoping, wishing, that that moment would come and that, that when that moment came, it would be his instant gratification. It would be the end all be all. But really, it was just the beginning. It was just the beginning for his destruction. And the same thing is happening here today. No, Donald Trump is not Jesus, but Donald Trump is definitely anointed by God for this time. It takes a very special person with a very set special set of skills rooted in the armor of God in order to withstand what he's withstanding. And you must understand that that same situation that went on 2,000 years ago with Jesus being nailed to the cross and that devil pacing back and forth between the crowds, weaving in and out of people, watching with a very close eye, waiting for that moment that his plan would come to fruition. And you would think that the devil would learn, wouldn't you? 
You would think that the devil would learn. You'd think that Satan would understand, hey, I've been here before. What happened before? And this is Holy Week. Do you think that this is all just a coincidence? Do you think that this is all ironic? No, we are in Holy Week. The week that Jesus resurrected from the dead, was tortured and took on the sin of the world. And the same week, they're trying to take out the one man who stands for United States salvation from our corrupt government. Not our salvation in God, but our salvation from our corrupt government. Folks, this is not a coincidence. And yes, the devil is a very stupid individual. He's a very, very stupid individual. He may be cunning. He may be deceiving. He may seem smart, but he's a very dumb, low IQ, low energy individual. And he uses people for his, uh, his energy. That's where he gets his energy from. He uses the energy of other people. He deceives other people. He has no power outside of that. But he's deceiving people like Fat Alvin Bragg. He's deceiving all of these people that are trying to put this man who represents we the people, who represents this nation, and in turn represents the covenant from God himself. They're trying to stop this man, and it's not going to work. And it's not going to work because people like you were built for, t- for times like this. So I just want to thank you all for being here this morning. That's about as political as I get here on Rise Up. But sometimes politics is needed in a discussion of faith, and that is where our churches have failed us. That is where our churches have failed us. Our pastors and our leaders and our elders of our churches have all come to the agreement that we cannot talk about this stuff in church. And that is exactly why we are where we are today. So that is why I thank you every day. Thank you, Miranda Dolan, for the $10 during Passover. God bless you. I thank you all every day for being here. Because you are going against the grain. You're not only going against the grain of the world. You're not only going against the grain of society. But you're also going against the grain of your own, and most of your own churches. And you have to understand that if your churches purposely do not talk about what the heck is going on, like today and during this week, even if it is Holy Week, it all interconnects. It all cha- uh, connects to each other. It is a domino effect. And we need the faith. We need the faith within our politics. We need them. We need them. And I do blame pastors in America for why we are here, where we are today. 100% church. Our churches have failed us and our spiritual leaders have failed us. They don't even talk about this. I would guarantee you and I would be willing to bet that because they feel and fear, like talking about what's happening to Donald Trump will take your eyes off the cross and instead incorporate into what Jesus went through, what the disciples experienced, what the people of that day experienced, incorporating that message into what's going on today and our experiences. Instead of doing it that way, they'll do it the other way. And I would argue that there's a way to do both. Rodney says, this church has not failed me. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I would argue that they should be doing both. Seek Happy says, our pastor talks of this. That's great. I am so happy to hear that somebody out there is doing it. 
Now, folks, we are not even 15 minutes in and we already have 1,100 people watching. What does that tell you? So let's go to prayer. Let's go to, uh, let's, let's start the day out right with prayer. If you're wearing a hat, I'll ask that you'll please remove it. And if maybe the kids or people are talking in the background, I need you to stand up right now. I need you to be a child of God and say, excuse me. I need you all to be quiet. I need you all to calm down because we are about to give our love and our thanks to the Lord. So let's do that now. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, we humbly come to you today. Some of us on bended knee. Some of us can't, obviously, right now. Uh, but Lord, we do come to you today and we pray for your forgiveness. Lord, we pray for your forgiveness and we repent of our sins. We repent of our wrongdoing. We repent of our judgments. We repent of our anger. We repent of our our despair. We are so sorry that we let flesh overtake our emotions. Lord, we ask that we can stay focused on you during this tough time, during these trials, during this tribulation. Lord, we ask that you bless every single soul that is hearing and watching this video and this show today and this podcast today, whether it be live now or later tonight. Help them understand what they were training to do. Help them understand where they have... Uh, where that you are taking them. Help them understand that their light needs to shine now more than ever. Help them understand, and myself included, that what we see over the coming months and the destruction that will happen at the hands of the devil is nothing like the restoration that you have planned for this country if they just stand strong, if they just stand and be the rock of your word and the good news of the gospel. Lord, we pray for restoration and healing in this nation. We pray for all of our enemies, Lord, that want to take us down and strike us down. We pray that you will touch their hearts and turn their hearts to good. We ask for protection around Donald Trump and his family, Melania and his sons and his daughters and their immediate families as well. And we pray that the right thing, according to your will, happens in this nation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Give us the wisdom, give us the strength, give us the stamina. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you now have your Rise Up decaf coffee. Some of you who couldn't have caffeinated coffee. For all those who want caffeinated coffee still, please go to jeremyherald.com. We're selling out fast. We're having to reorder uh, from our partners, Cherokee Rose in Georgia, every, like, quicker and quicker. So that means that we're all, all enjoying the gourmet Rise Up coffee. And ladies and gentlemen, it couldn't be a better bag, right? Eli designed this. Producer Eli, who apparently I bully and treat like crap. Not true. Uh, he designed this bag. And it couldn't be a better design, right? Look at that. Look at that. It could not be a better design. So everybody give props and shouts to Eli. Thank you for your morning donate, your, uh, your Rumble Rants, all of our Rumble Rant donations, as you know. Go to Eli's salary, and we really appreciate him being here. So let's get right to it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I titled today's show, Spiritual Training Led You Here Today. Spiritual Training Led You Here Today. And I actually have something that I want to show you, if I can. I sent this to Eli this morning just so I could have it and remember it so I wouldn't lose it. And it's a, it's a good representation, actually, of, as what we as Christians, how we view life, how we view trying to warn people about the dangers that are coming their way. 
Um, and it does seem like, doesn't it? It, it, it seems like uh, the more you try to warn people, the more people laugh at you. We talked about it yesterday, right? Jeremiah. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. The reason why Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet is because nobody listened to him. He tried to warn people. People laughed at him. Nobody listened to him. So I've got a video here that I'd like to show you. If I could bring this up. Um, this is probably the best way you're going to see this. Unless I can... Uh, 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 I could put it here. I could put it here. It's a, it's a vertical video and it's from Instagram. But it's a, like I said, we all have a duty. And, and, and I feel right now that this is, the, this is us right now trying to get people to turn to God in this nation. Because, again, we all know that you cannot make America godly a great again unless you make America godly again. So how do we make America godly again? Well, we've got to wake people up. We've got to spread seeds. Well, how do you do that? How do you do that when nobody will listen? And there's a famous analogy here of a train track. If a train is heading towards your friend and your friend, you're yelling at your friend, but your friend doesn't hear the train, your friend's got headphones on or whatever, not paying attention, and you save your friend at the last minute because there's a, a speeding train barreling towards them, which is sin, which is death, and you're trying to save them. It's a great analogy. And I actually saw in real life that happen, except it was with an, a dog who was stuck on the tracks. Let's go to this now. Play that again. That right there, folks, that right there got me this morning. When I watched that this morning, it really got me. It really got me. Now, that dog was chained or tied to that railroad track. Same way Satan binds you to do sin, and then you're bound and stuck and not free. Now, I used to think before I was a Christian. I used to think before I was a Christian that becoming a follower of Christ would make me a slave. Would make me a slave. Basically, do what the church says. Don't do this. Walk a rigid line. Don't do that. What I didn't know was that when I allowed Jesus in for the first time. I actually was free at that moment. I was literally bound and in handcuffs and thought that I was free. If that's not a dangerous way to think, I don't know what is. Unfortunately, most people that we know, most people that you know in your life, think of the people that you know. Think of your family. Think of your friends. Think of your coworkers. How many of them are, are, are that dog tied to their sin and are about to experience sudden death and not even know it, but actually feel free? Don't even feel like there's danger coming. But then you, let a, then you allow Jesus in, and guess what? The chains break. And not only are you physically free for the first time in your life, 
but your brain now thinks differently. Your heart has different priorities and you start thinking clearly. And you ever remember that song? I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. That's exactly what it's like. It's like as soon as you let Jesus in, the fog clears and your hands become free. So when the fog clears and you can see clearly and your hands become free and you can walk away from your sin for the first time, it's like a baby taking his first steps. It's like a baby taking his first steps. He doesn't even know if what he's doing is correct. And as a matter of fact, I would argue this, that when you first become a Christian, not only are you free for the first time, but you're so scared to be free that you run back to the chain sometimes. Why would anybody do that? Why would anybody run back and connect the chain to their collar again? Well, it's because it's the only thing you know. It's because it's the only thing you know. And you fear freedom. But there is nothing to fear in freedom. There is nothing to fear in Christ. And that dog on those tracks is a perfect representation of you being tied to your sin and a Christian trying to help you. I hope you all watch that. There is not a better analogy than what I just showed you. Because not only is it not a hypothetical analogy, but it's a very real analogy. The analogy itself and the, uh, the, the message behind it. For all those who refuse, like Kathy from Cal- or Terry from California, who told me that there's no place for the Lord in my Live from America show, that the Lord, re- I now have a, a morning devotional show, and maybe the Lord should stay there where he belongs. Wow. I didn't know that anybody could put a box or four walls around God. What I do know is that you can't beat God, and that's what my sweatshirt says, so... But what a very, very horrible statement to make by that lady. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't have any, um, any hate in my heart for Terry from California. And as a matter of fact, when she was telling me how she does not like how I've changed since, um, you know, being, you know, in my driveway till now, um, I actually was listening to that with validity. I was like, maybe she's right. Maybe she has a point here. And even if she's not right, she still has a right to voice her opinion. And then when she started saying that there's no place for God in Live from America and to leave God on my morning show where it belongs, and she said that I am mean and abuse Eli and that that the other hosts on LFA TV, um, they don't argue or or, or or berate people in the comment section if they've got a difference of opinion. Uh, when she said all that, it made me understand that, number one, she's completely out of tune with reality and doesn't know the truth. Number two, she's completely out of uh, relationship with God. But number three, how dare you assume something about the inner workings of this company that you don't even know? You make those LFA TV hosts do it for free and they're not even allowed to ask for a donation? What are you talking about? You know, so when I realized that she was that far off, I realized that her whole argument, her whole opinion held zero weight at all, held zero water at all. 
but I pray for her. Prayed for her yesterday, and I'll pray for her again today, and I'll ask you all to pray for her as well because it's, it's that kind of, 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 of rhetoric. It's that kind of dangerous rhetoric that's going to get that woman barred from heaven, and I don't want that for anybody. And she had a lot of nice things to say about the show. She's obviously watched it for quite some time. But it is what it is. Let's, uh, <laughs> when she said God does not belong in your show, it's a news show, and leave him at 9 o'clock where he belongs. I bet God was like, <laughs> sorry, I just spit out my rise up coffee. <laughs> All right. I want to go to page 21 of One Minute Prayer for Dads if we can. And we're going to be talking about anger. Now, we all have a problem, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us have a problem with anger. I have a problem with anger. I've gotten far better at it over the years, I might say. Uh, But I still have an anger issue more than I should, right? And Little Miss Sunshine, thank you very much for the praying for the believers. And thank you for the donor for the uh, donations as well, you guys. I really appreciate that. God should be in everything, says Dr. Goat Kisses. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Ephesians 4.26. Be angry and do not sin. Now, that's not saying, hey, go out and be angry. It's saying, if you're angry, be angry. Okay. But do not sin in your anger. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And why? It's because anger is like a, a poison pill. Anger is like cancer that spreads. And anger is like you eating a poison pill and hoping that it affects the person or situation that you're mad at. It's only going to kill you. Anger is sometimes justified. Jesus got angry. It's a legitimate emotion that God has given us when venting is in order. Boom. Let me full stop it right there. When venting is in order. So we have people that watch my live from America show that don't like it when I yell. A hundred percent understandable. I get it. Some people have traumatic pasts that when a man such as myself with a loud thundering voice starts yelling, it triggers stuff in their past and it brings up, you know, PTSD, right? I understand that. And for those people, I would say the best thing for you to do is when that is happening is to maybe mute at that section or come back and watch the show tomorrow. And that's fine too. Trust me, there are people that I watch that when they cover certain things or do certain things or certain segments. I don't want to watch it because of whatever reason. I just don't feel like it. I don't need a reason. I just don't feel like watching it. And that's okay too. But you know what I never do? I never announce my departure and say, I just can't handle all the yelling. But God says that that's fine. God says that it's a human emotion that was given to us or else we wouldn't have it. And that it is validated and justified when, or you're validated and justified When you have an issue that you need to vent about. But it's the sinning while you're angry that is wrong. 
And that's what I would tell people that get upset when I, when I yell. For the people who don't have post-traumatic stress disorder and for the people that are just voicing an opinion of, of uh, you know, I don't like when you yell, please keep it down. I'm only acting as I should. Jesus got angry. Paul got angry. You get angry. But anger not rightly handled or unjustified anger, you know, like getting mad over stupid little things just because you had a bad day, that's unjustified anger, right? Going home and getting mad at your spouse or your children because of something that happened at your work that day, that is not justified anger. Unjustified anger can be destructive, especially when directed at our family. We need to learn to use our anger properly, under control, as a tool for dealing with frustrating or wrongful situations. And when the source of our anger is one of our children, we especially need to use our anger responsibly. Why? Because they're just going to practice what they see. The words that we blurt out in anger cannot be taken back. And that's another thing right there. That is my biggest problem. It's what I say when I'm angry. So you know what I started doing? It's the same thing I started doing when I fast and I start getting really hungry and the urge to eat is so powerful it almost overcomes me. I drop to my knees and I pray. Or I utter the name of Jesus Christ. I utter the name of Jesus Christ. I'll say, Jesus Christ, please, please take this anger from me. Take this anger from me before I say something that I shouldn't say. And do you know that immediately my anger doesn't subside completely, but the level of my anger comes down enough for me to think rationally and direct that anger, or I should say redirect that anger somewhere else. Now, here's the here's where you reach the pinnacle of uh, of walking with Jesus is when you can take that anger, redirect it, but redirect it in a place where it's going to have a positive outcome. That is when you are fully enlightened. That is what I'm trying to get to. Because let's think about it. Emotions are, are given to you by God. So whether you have an angry emotion or a sad emotion, they're, they're emotions that you have. Abilities that you have and you would not have them without God. So all of those emotions are justified. And validated, right? But what is emotion? Well, emotion, like anything else, is power. It is energy. It is energy that is that is coming from your body, coming from your soul, coming from your Holy Spirit, from your mind. It's energy. So what does everybody in the world want to do? Harness energy. So you always wonder why like the Tai Chi and people like that People that can harness their energy and do things with it. Well, imagine the energy that it takes from you to be angry. Anger speeds up your heart rate, right? It's not like sadness. It's not like happy or joy. Anger speeds up your heart rate. And angry people are known to do like superhuman things sometimes. So if we were to be able with the help of Jesus to harness that anger and turn it into energy. Imagine what we could do with that energy if we did something positive with it. That's incredibly hard to do because that means you're literally 
knowing you're angry, feeling you're angry, feeding off that anger, but yet not allowing it to get to a point where it's destructive and actually redirecting it to the point where it is positive. That, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) if we could do that, if we could all do that all the time, our family lives would be better, our home lives would be better, our work lives would be better, our friendships would be stronger, our relationships would be stronger. And I can't think of anything more angry, or I can't think of anything that makes me more angry than what's going on in our country with Trump, with what they're doing to destroy our freedoms, with destroying our border, with destroying God, with destroying the church, our churches. I get really angry at our pastors. So you know what I do? I ball up that anger and I bring it to the airwaves. I bring my anger to lie from America. I bring my anger to rise up. And I use that energy in a way to maybe turn somebody else away from doing something that I am doing or that I did. Put it that way. So that's where I direct my anger. My, my uh, three shows a day are kind of like a diary for me. They're a place for me to go and for me to get it out. Now, some people go to those break rooms, right? Where they go to those rooms where there's stuff you could just break and bust. It's like a junkyard room and you put on goggles and you get a bat and you just break stuff. That's okay too. That's okay too. Better to get it out on an, uh, a room full of inanimate objects that, are, that can break and bust than it is on breaking somebody's heart. Because you know something that Jesus said in the, in, the, in the show, The Chosen? He said this. I think he was talking to Mary when he said this. Remember, I think it was, I don't remember exactly, but maybe when Mary uh, left the camp and then came back in The Chosen and Jesus accepts her back with no problems at all. Um, remember when Jesus said, bones will still break if you accept me. Hearts will still break. But your soul and the kingdom of God, that's forever. So he's saying that no matter what, even if you're the best Christian you could possibly be, bones will still break. You'll still get toothaches, headaches. You'll still get anger. You'll still get broken hearts. We got to figure out a way not to break people's hearts. And I'm talking about Obviously, the people around us that are close to us, but anybody in our lives. I used to use my anger for negative, and I could break hearts of people that I didn't even know. That's how powerful anger is. So imagine if we harnessed it and used it for positive. Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, not only would it do amazing things, but you'd get angry less. These are just some of the things, because a lot of people don't know that this is If you are new to this show, if you've never watched Rise Up before, first of all, I want to say thank you for being here. Second of all, make sure you like that video. It's right down below my thumb. It's right there. Click the like button. Share this out to your friends and family. But something that you might not know is I am not a pastor in any way, shape, or form. But this is my personal journey with Jesus. So sometimes I'm not here teaching you. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a rabbi and I'm not a pastor. This show Rise Up is my personal journey with Jesus. So sometimes I'll just be talking at the camera, but I'm really talking to Jesus. Sometimes I, under, I, I, I have like revelations right here 
on the show that I did not know before the show. And this is my personal journey with Jesus. So a lot of the times you might find you might find that I'm wrong on something. That's okay. It's my journey with Jesus. It's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And I will get a lot of things wrong. And I might say things that you've never heard before when it comes to the gospel. Maybe, just maybe, that's a good thing for you. Maybe. I don't know. Let's pop up the Rumble Chat. That's something that we haven't done yet. Let's pop up the Rumble Chat. Let's see what the LFA Church family is talking about today. Here we go. That is the best way to share the gospel. Tell your story. Thanks for letting us come along with you. It's my pleasure. Anger, like tools, can be used for good or evil. Destruction driven by anger is sin. Anger focused at sin is righteous. Wow, that's amazing. Love it that you humbly share with us. This is like Bible study for me. We get the word of God from you, Jeremy. Otherwise, I might not get it anywhere. Well, hopefully you can find a church where you can get it as well. We can learn from each other. Thank you for allowing us to be on your journey. Wileki, you got me wrong. Hey, Eli, isn't Wileki the person that we're trying to get a donation to? Trying to get her address or his address? Wileki, if you're still watching, please get us your address. Uh, I enjoy this show. Well, thank you very much. For me, this is Bible study. Thank you. We are not pastors, but we are disciples. We can spread the good news anywhere we can, to whomever we can. We help each other. We bring up this with each other to understand. This is my church. Wow. Wow. I'm on this journey with you, Jeremy, and the Rise Up family. Thank you, Mosmoker Powered. Jeremy, you are an inspiration. Well, thank you. I will say all glory to God, but I appreciate that. You're just a nobody trying to tell somebody about Jesus. Yes, yes, amen, amen. I have the same question, and you can feel their pushback just being near them like they're fighting, giving into the truth. I love you, Jeremy. You are doing an amazing job. I support you. Thank you very much. Keep speaking truth, Jeremy. Amen, you as well. Jeremy, you brought me closer to Jesus. Well, thank you, Wayne. You brought me closer to Jesus. Keep doing what you're doing. You speak from the heart and you speak out with the truth. We love you and appreciate you. No one is perfect and we do not cast stones. God bless. God bless. Mima says, Jeremy, love how you use your life to share the gospel. Love you and blessings to you. Well, blessings to you and I love you too. Thank you. And thank you to $10 donation that came in from Chris DL saying, agreed with repo time. You do you, Jeremy, and keep speaking the word, brother. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, Let's get back to this. We didn't even finish one-minute prayer for dads. Um, God, you know that sometimes I get angry with the kids. In my anger, I occasionally say things I don't mean and do things that I later regret. Help me deal with my anger righteously. Show me how to use my anger when my anger is legitimate to bring out resolution to a problem not to become an extension of the problem. Diffuse me, Lord. Fill me with your spirit. The fruit of which long is long-suffering, peace, joy, and love. Steady me. Calm my emotions. Some, uh, you know, 
It's probably a good thing that I did not win any elected seat when I was running because my emotions would have gotten the best of me. I would not be able to sit there and let people speak to me the way people speak to politicians or the way people speak to uh, or the way politicians speak to other people. I would not be able to sit idly by and allow that to happen. I would be more vocal than MTG. I'd be more vocal than Trump and I'd be a lot meaner. So it's probably a good thing that the God is re- God is reserved uh, reserved me uh, for another time maybe. Um, happy birthday to Lala. It's Lala's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lala. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, girl. All right, April 4th from Jesus Listens. Is he listening? Do you feel that he's listening to you? Hey, Eli, do you know that we're about to have break 1,600 people watching the word of God? I didn't even know that until I just looked down. Wow. God chick says politics is too dirty for you at this time. I would argue that I'm there to clean it up. I'm the Clorox. But I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. All right, let's get into this. You are the light of the world. Because I am your follower, I will not walk in darkness, but I will have the light of life. And I'm going to tell you, folks, people are about to to really, really, really descend into a massive pit of darkness. And if you're not there to shine the shine up the uh, to light up the darkness and show them your hand, then they're not going to have anybody. This is what I said you trained for was now. Although there is much darkness in this world, I will have access to you. So I am never in utter darkness. The trail before me often looks shadowy, especially as it disappears into the future. I would love for it to be floodlit so I could anticipate what's ahead. But the truth is, God, you are enough. Faith by, not by sight, right? You don't need sight to have faith. You are with me continually, and you also go before me illuminating the way. All I need to do is trust you and follow the light that you provide. I don't need any floodlights or man-made lights. I just need to know that the next step is with Jesus, and I'm going to be fine. Even when the path before me is dimly lit, your illumination is sufficient enough for me to find my way step by step. That's how God wants you to live. Someday I will be with you in heaven where I will sit in your light in all of its glory. Darkness will be a thing of the past and I'll be able to see everything clearly. The Bible assures me that there will be no more night. I will not need the light of the lamp or for the sun for you will be my light. Beyond anything that I can imagine. Think about that. Think about the fact that God created. You know, I've said this before. Now, for people who have not been here before, let me just remind you that you cannot get within a million miles of the sun and you would be vaporized. (laughs) Think about that. Eli, what are we? 93 million miles away from the sun? And if you got it within 10 million miles of the sun, you would burn up and vaporize. How much more is the light of God? If God created the sun, 
No wonder why you cannot approach God. No wonder why God has to come in the form of a burning bush or something else. If you even came within millions of miles of God physically, you would burn up to dust. And God created the sun. So there will be no need for a sun on the new earth. Because God's light will illuminate forever, always. There will be no night. There will be no representation of darkness or darkness at all. And you'll be safe directly in the light of God, which is far, far more powerful than the might of the sun. But for those who are not safe, it'll be detrimental to them. Thank you, Rockin' Robbins, for the $5. She says, getting ready to clock into the bakery at fries till one. Well, I love you. You work hard for your family, Rockin'. God bless you. God bless you. Um, thank you for this conversation, says Joe. I really needed it as I try to find the tools to control my anger. Well, trust me, I go from zero to 100 about as quick as you can drop something on the floor. So I know. I know. What a thought. No more need for my nightlight at bedtime. I, I don't even know. I wonder if you'll even sleep. The sun is closer. I don't think the sun is closer than 93 million miles. Somebody search that. Eli, you want to search that? How far are we away from the sun? The earth. I think it's 93 million, but I could be wrong. Oh, I was wrong. It's 92 point what? 963. 92.963 million miles away from the sun. I was close. How dare I? How dare you, Greta Thunberg would say. Jeremy needs the Indica CBD. I think I do. I think I think I do. Give that money back to who donated, said Wileyki. We'll put it in the Slurp Fund. How about that? That's great. Thank you. Within our firmament. Oh, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. The earth is flat and the sun is right there. I get what you're saying. Okay. Coming from the flat earth uh, perspective. Which, again, do we have time to talk about this, Eli? <laughs> All right, here we go. Flat Earth. So I have a friend uh, who's very, 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 very biblical. And the sun might be closer. You might be right. The, might, the sun might be right here. You might be 100% right. Um, I have a friend who's very close to Jesus, and he says that we've been lied to this whole time and that the earth definitely is flat and that the sun is uh, local and is not 92 point whatever million miles away. Okay. And he says that I should know this because there's a biblical reason that I need to know this, right? That we've been lied to. Okay. Let me say, what I, let me say my piece on this and then I'll move on. I'll say my piece on this and then I'll move on. I don't care if the earth is flat in a line, triangle, octagon, rectangle, oval, purple, yellow, green, big, small, tomorrow, yesterday, toaster, coffee cup, 
computer. <laughs> and I know that I said some weird things there. But I don't care what color or shape the earth is because tomorrow I still have to wake up. I still put my feet on the ground. I still pray to God. I still put my pants on one leg at a time. I still go to work. I still try to make ends meet. I still love God all day long. I still go home every night. I still go to bed. I still wake up with the same thing that I woke up with today. Love and grace, pains in my back, pains in my hands. And guess what? I still wake up tomorrow, hopefully, and do the same thing over and over again. So when it comes to the argument of whether the earth is flat or round, I could care less. (laughs) I could care less what it is because it's not going to change my day-to-day tomorrow. It's not. If I found out today that the earth was flat, 100% truth, and we've been lied to this whole time, what am I going to do? Eli, what am I going to do? Eli's a flat earth person, I think. Eli, what am I going to do if the earth's flat tomorrow? Keep living my life. Nothing. There's nothing I can do. I can't jump to space and look look for myself. It will not change my day-to-day operations and what I do and my duties and my responsibilities. And I'm still going to heaven. So it doesn't matter what this earth looked like. It only matters what the next earth looks like. I don't care. (laughs) I never did care. Never will care. Don't care what the shape of the earth is. All I know is that I'm living here and I'm blessed to be able to do so. So if you wanted my uh, two cents, people always talk about, Jeremy, why don't you talk about flat earth? Why don't you talk about the theory? It's a great argument. It really is. It really is. I just don't care. I, I, I just don't, I don't see in any way how it matters what shape the earth is at all. Now, some people will say to me, Well, it does matter, Jeremy, because they lied to us this whole time, and it's taking away the truth from the Bible, kind of like, um, kind of like evolution. I get that too. I get that too. But again, what am I going to do about it? What does it really matter what people think the shape of the Earth is? I, I I just don't see why that, you know, why that. I, I guess, I guess people would say because it takes away from the truth of the Bible. Okay. In that that sense, I would say, okay, I guess everybody just wants to know truth, right? And and them taking us away from truth takes us away from God. Um, But my faith in God and my relationship with God at this point is not predicated on whether the earth is flat or round. And I really honestly believe that even if people that were non-believers found out that the earth was flat and they were lied to, that would not be what puts them closer to God. So that is why it doesn't matter to me. But I understand why it does matter to some people. Moving on. I'd like to go to day number 94. And the reason why I love this part of this book is because it's actually titled the same exact title that we gave our theme to this year. And it's just peace. We all just want peace. John 16, 33. These things I've spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Your bones will break, your hearts will break. Your, Your bones will break, your hearts will break. Jeremy, it's just like certain doctrines don't pertain to salvation. Earth is round and flat like a pancake. 
Where does it say in the Bible? Well, the only thing it says in the Bible is, is, is look down at the, um, the circle of the earth. So people think it's like a dinner plate. Circle of the earth, right? right not the globe. I know, I know people are going to talk about this forever. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back to peace, though. <laughs> Psalm 119, 165. Those who love your law have great peace, and nothing causes them to stumble. Folks, we stumble a lot over the news, don't we? We stumble a lot over the news. We stumble a lot over what happens with Trump. We stumble a lot over the, the fact that our, uh, our court systems have been corrupt. We stumble. We stumble because we fear. We stumble because of anger. But this tells us in Psalm, which David wrote, those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. So if you find yourself stumbling, or if you are in fear that you may stumble, go back to God and find peace. God's desire does not or is not to overwhelm you. He recommends that you do your very best to lead a quiet, simple life while you work hard at things you need to do. Find peace as you release yourself from self-imposed requirements and surrender to God's will. Heavenly Father, please keep me, keep, uh, help me order my life in a way that brings peace to my life and to the lives of those around, you, a, 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 around me. Amen structure my life so that I may have peace in my life. You know, sometimes, and, and, and do you guys know when you, um, guys know when you rearrange your living room for seasons or you rearrange your bedroom, right? Oh, summertime, we have our living room like this, but wintertime, we put our living room like this. Why do you do that? Why do you do that? Well, sometimes it's for, uh, you use a different entrance maybe, but, uh, sometimes it's just cause you want to change, right? Sometimes you just want a little bit of a change. Well, in our lives, we need to rearrange things sometimes, like we rearrange for change in our living rooms, for points of entry, ease, or whatever. We need to re- re- rearrange the way we do life. It's not maybe about what's going on in our life, but maybe rearrange, prioritize when we do things and put off things that we don't need to do. And if we can rearrange our daily duties and our daily responsibilities, well, sometimes it's like a puzzle or sometimes it's like a Rubik's Cube, right? Oh, you've got everything, you've got almost all on one color, but you need to rearrange things. You need to move this over here. So all the things in your life might be okay. It's just about when you do them. When you do them. Maybe take the dog for a walk in the morning instead of the evening. Or maybe take the dog for a walk in the evening instead of morning. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? It's about when you do things sometimes. So just remember that. Structuring your life sometimes differently but doing the same things will bring more peace to your life. And I've done it, and I, and I know a lot of you have probably done it too since a lot of you are my age or older. Uh, Bama lady says, because of my PTSD, I don't like change. It's difficult for me, and I understand that too. See, the news says, now I feel like I need to arrange, rearrange something. Yeah, it, it, try it. Look at the things that you do in your life and shift them around a little bit. Go outside the box. Make yourself have to not just be a robot, right? It's kind of like praying too. You don't want to say the same prayer at the same time over and over every day. Your prayers get watered down. Same thing happens with the responsibilities and duties you have in your life. Don't go through life like a zombie. Switch them around on purpose sometimes. Rearrange things in your life to keep yourself on your toes because it forces you to actually live 
rather than just be alive. I don't know about you, but I want to live. I don't want to just be alive. Jeremy may have different scene in, in the chose when Mary came back. Maybe a different scene in the chosen when Mary came back. Yeah, I don't know what scene that was, but he does say bones will still break. Uh, I don't know who he's talking to. Oh, 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 I think it's uh, Philip. I think it's when Philip comes from um, John the Baptist camp. Maybe. I don't remember exactly. I love that show. I watch it too much. Uh, I struggle greatly with routines and monotony. Well, there you go. There you go. Change is coming. So you might as well start doing some changes in your life right now. Keep yourself on your toes. Anyway, guys, we're going to get ready to go. So I'm going to read the verse of the day today. Okay? And it's actually long. My verse of the day is is actually only um, verses 15 and 16. But I want to read all of this to you. Okay? I want to read all of it to you. And then we'll get to 15 and 16. It is Joel 2, 15 and 16. But I'm going to read you 12 through 17 before we go today. Okay? Here we go. It's called Return to the Lord, Joel uh, 2.12. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning, and rend your hearts and, uh, and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering a dr- and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children. Even nursing infants, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare your people, O Lord, and make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? What does that sound like to you? Ladies and gentlemen, as I've titled today's verse of the day, You are going to need to prepare yourselves. You are going to need to prepare yourselves and everything that you've trained for prepared you for what is about to happen in the coming weeks and the coming months. Do not stress out. Do not freak out because the people of this world and the people in your families need you. Folks, we have Ungoverned and Sean Farish coming up next, as always, leaving you with the same way I brought you in with a little bit of music, Austin French, Jesus Ken. God bless you guys. I'll see you at 11. I love you all. And uh, remember, Sean Farish comes up next. Thank you for being here on Rise Up. We'll see you later. Have a good morning. Picture this, an eight-year-old kid growing up in Georgia, having a hard time with the world that he was seeing. Coming home from school, scared to death and always wondering what kind of mood his dad would be in. That kind of home can do a number on you. Mom and dad broke up, and I guess I broke too. I grew up thinking nothing good could ever come from a story like mine. But who turns a broken dream?